You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Live at the Apollo by James Brown. In the room, I have Sean, Hi. Adam, Hello. and Ben. Hi. Live at the Apollo is a live album by James Brown and the Fabulous Flames, recorded at the Apollo Theater in Harlem and released on May uh, 1963 on King Records. Producer was James Brown, and the genre is soul. Already established as the hardest working man in show business, James Brown's Live at the Apollo showed the world just how energetic the soul performer could be. Recorded on the night of October 24th, 1962, the show was something no record had ever caught. Hit follows hit without a pause. I'll go crazy, try me, think, I don't mind, lost someone, night train, and a nine song uh, medley and interludes are all packed into just over 31 minutes. <laughs> the energy, stamina, and precision that Brown and the fabulous flames had perfected is on full dizzying display. King Records owner Sid Nathan refused to fund the record, thinking it commercially a commercial folly for having no new material. Brown single-mindedly proceeded in anyway, paying the $5,700 out of his own pocket. To King's surprise, Live at the Apollo spent 66 weeks on the Billboard uh, Top Pop album chart, peaking at number two. Uh, many record stores, especially in the Southeast U.S., found themselves unable to keep up with the huh. demand. It is often cited as the greatest soul album of all time and one of Brown's best. What did you guys think of James Brown? I love this record. I, I've, a friend turned me on to it in college, and I was already into uh, like the, the studio versions of like Try Me, Please, 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 I'll Go Crazy. And like, I pushed play on it, and uh, you know he goes into I'll Go Crazy, and it's noticeably faster than what I'm used to. And then by the time they get to think, it's just like, holy Jesus, breakneck speed. And it's so precise and airtight. And he's just on the stage, like inventing punk rock with a 10 piece band, you know? It's the master at work. You yeah. Know, that's, that's what was my first impression hearing this is, you know, this is somebody who made a live record at, you know, at a point where he was, a, I don't want to say top of his game because I don't know if he was ever at the bottom of his game, really. But <laughs> yeah, like, but just it captures everything that he is known for, which is energy, passion, uh, excitement, and just like shit hot band. It's uh, it's an awesome record, and the recording quality. It sounds warm, like uh, like a tape recording, 
of the era. I was going to say but that. it's aggressive and stabs when it needs to with the horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the recording. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought for some reason the horns were like were a little thin. Like the recording, I mean, it doesn't have that studio quality, obviously. Yeah. It's, a, it's a live record but it just was just a little bit of a of a thin sound like he's pushed way more way above the uh the rhythm section yeah um, i mean i think that's you know just but a, it's to be ex- expected on on something like live this record yeah. showcasing the man you know exactly in a way yeah i i love it there was so much charisma that it was like terrifying <laughs> like just he's slopping over with charisma like if you want to ask like what is charisma it's letting a moment <laughs> land and that's it. And he just knows how to do that. Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like like stand up comedy. Like, it's like sounds casual, but you know that they just like it's meticulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's been it. doing this on the road. You yeah. can tell for forever. Yeah. Three hundred days a year at this point. Yeah, it was interesting in contrast to um, the Sam Cooke live yeah. album um, because uh, Sam Cooke, obviously massive talent. Uh, how old was James around when this came out? Do we know? I can look. It I up. assume that Sam <laughs> Cooke was younger because he died so young, and I think he was like in his early twenties when that record came out. And his style, both of them consummate showmen, incredible singers, incredible talents, and writers. And um, but uh, I noticed that Sam Cooke's style was way more chatty. He was doing way more crowd work. This record, like you're saying, the moment is more of a focal point. He's not. He's not working it. I feel like a younger person works the crowd. An older person just works the performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, the stage banter's been replaced by like instrumental interludes. Completely. And and that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and I had both these records on vinyl, so it was interesting to listen to them. They're still warm. Like they did a good job with the restoration. I thought. Disney, where it's like you are having fun, and you know you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> you guys made fun into a science, and you just nailed it. And you know, congratulations, everybody. Uh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's so concentrated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he he would be just around thirty. Yeah, that and that was my impression yeah. that he was like, I, I think Sam Cooke was in his early twenties with that live record, and this just feels like a person who's just been doing it for a while and doing it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell the band is just so tight. I mean, you know the story, every right? Every beat. Uh, the, the story the hand? I heard. Go on. Well, so like the we always used to talk about this in the in the van, and uh, so James Brown uh, was uh, very uh, aggressive in mm-hmm. his uh, seeking perfection. Yeah, and the what I I had always heard about him is if you. We're watching a live performance of him, and he went up to one of the band members and stuck his hand out. Uh, that meant you owed him five dollars because you screwed up. 
and uh, $5 will be taken out of your pay for the night uh, for even if you just dropped a beat or like just the smallest mistake. Yeah, if he heard anything. If you heard anything. I knew you knew this one. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if he heard anything he didn't like, it was directly out of your pocket. And that's how I, I would argue that it's a great argument for uh, just telling, making a clear rule uh, and saying, this is what I expect out of you. You guys can do this. And turns out they can do it. Listen to this band. You know? <laughs> What's the know. conversion rate on that? Like, I don't know. I'm curious about how much money that is now. Like, what that would mean. Oh, I have a calculator for that. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll get back I do, to you. I do I think, inflation calculators, yeah. so please do. Yeah, I'm very curious. It's so weird, though, because it's like wages are... It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really... Uh, I know, but yeah. Yeah. I still want to We'll do it. Know. Yeah. You got it. Thank you. I'll, I'll report back. Right. <laughs> I... Still, am boggled about how many uh, songs go on this album. I mean, it's it is at a, a sort of breakneck pace. Well, there's it, a nine song medley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very compact though. Yeah, he'll just play, he just plays. He burns through those nine songs. So he just plays the hook. He's like, "You want to hear? Please, please, please. Right. Well, please, please, please. All right, next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah." But the, when he wants to slow it down, yeah. he slows it like he almost dead stop. Like try me, yeah. like stopping my tracks. I was like, "Whoa, this is happening!" And then before I know it, he's taken off again. Yeah, Dynamic. because it's it's actually only uh, looking at two minutes is try me. Yeah, I mean the only one that seems to linger is because he's bantering with the crowd, lost someone. That one goes he, on for. He goes on for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every single other There's song crowd is, work. is yeah that's is that song. <laughs> one of my favorite. Exclamations isn't that one that gee whiz I love you. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's sweet. I do love to, to that point the sincerity in this is like even if it's measured sincerity, he brings it home like he's just like I mean what I'm saying like he can back it up. It's kind of like we what was that record we listened to a few weeks ago or a few that oh Ray the, Price yeah or that that was the thing I struggled with was his lack of sincerity because he was just kind of. Too well, skilled to go well that's emotions. soul, right? That's yeah. soul music. Sure, that, yeah. that's, that's what, what makes comes it so attractive. But, but, that's yeah. what comes yeah. across. But you can you can put it in any type of music. You can yeah put the sincerity in there and like, you know, as much as James Brown rehearses things to death, he still manages to summon that somehow. He sells is, it. Yeah, really and amazing. I, I had the same thought of um, that. That I mean, just that <laughs> level of uh, going for it. I think it, it would be challenging. Especially because it's technically difficult, but I guess the answer is that if it's that technically difficult, you have to go for it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's what it is because it's easy to sound like you're bored if you're just going singing like a, you know, one octave like country song or or whatever where there's not a lot of expression. Like you can sound you can sound dull because you're not moving around that much. If you actually have to wail, yeah, you have to bring it. Or it's not. It's not just. It's not gonna land. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? It's not just that. It's like someone's gonna be like, oh, it's a little off. It's like it will stink. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a national anthem thing. That's like, exactly what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like when people play, they, they love to riff, but it's like you don't feel this at all. You're just in a football stadium. Yeah. Like this is, this is special. Uh. So. Except for Marvin Gaye. What about Fergie? <laughs> what y'all think about Fergie? <laughs> yeah. Doing oh boy. the. Uh, if you look up Marvin Gaye basketball national anthem. Yeah. It's the most original national anthem I've probably ever it's like seen. Oh. Prince Super Bowl good. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Man. They got $41. That is the conversion of a $5 James Brown fine in today's dollar. 
Okay. Which that's a decent chunk of their daily pay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. who knows what the band was getting paid back this then. This is totally but. off topic, but I'm looking over your shoulder at, at uh, the at description. MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer cited Live at the Apollo as the inspiration for King of the Jams. So I was listening to this, and I was thinking, that's Wayne Kramer. Like, that's... Wayne Kramer drew everything from this. Uh-huh. And so it's really... I'm glad that he called it out. I was right. But there is some real... Like, he inspired things far beyond soul... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this like, was this was if you wanted a, you know, a tight performance that brought so much energy that it was basically busting out of, mm-hmm. you know, the hall. This is it. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, how many? Pa- how how do you pack this many songs into a tight set? I mean, it's like the Ramones. I mean, their thing was they go on, they play these songs, they're this long, and that's it. Yeah, they come, they they destroy, and they leave, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. James Brown. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. and uh, even that Sam Cooke was uh, a year before. Yeah, and I mean, John kind of pointed out that you know there was there's a, there's sort of a rawness. I mean, they didn't release that Sam Cooke mm-hmm. album until much later because they thought it was too raw. Mm-hmm. But James Brown is like, I would argue that this is more raw. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And he he's putting it out himself. You know, he's saying, this is my thing. I mean, this yeah. is this is what people want to hear and this is exciting. It's who I am. Yeah. No, it's it's I it's impossible to not imagine yourself back in time when these records came out and trying to sort of just say what I've thought of this, like what, what mm-hmm. you know, I when I hear something like this, I imagine somebody like putting on a record like this for the first time, and just my eyes going, wah, 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 right. you know, yeah. and just you know, it's just thinking about like repressive fifties America, and like all and just all the cool stuff, you know, creeping out of the cracks, and like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, I mean, I think that really. You know, that's that's the heart of this album. It shows anybody a recording that hit after hit after hit, you know, it shows what a live performance can be. <laughs> Look what people can do. How, how much <laughs> it shows how much energy can kind of be packed in into a into a record. <laughs> I found someone to love me. I found someone to love me. I found someone to love me. And it teaches you kind of what timeless means, you yeah. know, like if you can get in that zone, you listen to this and think like, yeah, my eyes would still bug out of my head yeah. now or then versus, you know, there are some other albums on this list 
that I don't feel that way about Stan Getz. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just amazing to think, like, what would this have been like back then? Like, to, to hear someone screaming to a crowd of people. Like, how... Since then, like, literally millions of people have screamed to crowds of people. But back then, not so much, yeah. you know? It was fresh. Yeah. So... Uh, Wikipedia also said that uh, sometimes R&B disc jockeys would often play side one in its entirety. <laughs> and they would pause inserting uh, commercials only to return to play side two. <laughs> uh, it really made an impression. That's, that's cool to hear that like a live album just stunned everybody like it should. But, yeah. but you, never, you don't know how people react. Yeah. yeah. And come to think of it, actually, I've heard uh our local dj here woodrow play this album just straight through during really? a show yeah you know, granted it's 3 a.m on a yeah. saturday morning buddy yeah, yeah but yeah the fcc has rules about that so that's <laughs> curious <laughs> uh the side break actually occurs in the middle of the uh, long track lost someone oh mm. really mm-hmm. they split it yeah sounds that's like funny that. speaking of lost someone did anyone else notice the spoken intro that he does for the song where he just name drops a bunch of his other songs <laughs> but like work like works them into a sentence yeah. like don't leave me bewildered yeah you're gonna try me to i noticed that uh when i was listening today and i, I don't think i had ever picked up on that it's cool it's yeah adorable <laughs> i'm just listening closer today than because this is a record this is the kind of record that usually i just throw on when there's people over because it's just sounds great you know and yeah you know, it's just a good record <laughs> Yeah. James Brown makes it on the list. Well, well deserved. Uh, I think Easy. We all, yeah, I think we all agreed that this album should definitely be heard. Oh, yeah. he stole home. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's great. He set a standard. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering why we didn't get any, uh, any a little bit earlier James Brown, but this, it makes total sense. I mean, this is, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. This is what I want. I also <laughs> love the studio versions of yeah. a lot of these songs, though. Yeah. I might love the studio versions of a lot of these songs more than I like two Stan Getz records in the same decade. <laughs> Are there really two? Yeah, yeah. like you, back-to-back we're, years even. We're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll get a drink. <laughs> if you measure this record in Getzes, it's maybe 35 Getzes. <laughs> I, I would say that, too. Maybe I, I might like some of these songs the studio version better but as a whole oh, i mean yeah. mm-hmm. you're we're taking this album as a whole and that's that's all you can take it as i mean you can't necessarily pull this out this is a performance also you have to put like take into account the fact that he paid for his own studio time i love that so he was not going to accept any less than amazing out of that yeah it's yeah. true he, he he ponied up and yeah i bet i bet he, they rehearsed a lot for this show yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking yeah. yeah i bet they did yeah, yeah. <laughs> So no. this also represents the second time where someone didn't want to necessarily release what the artist wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Sam Cooke mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. get released until, you know, two decades later. This album, the label didn't want to do it. Yeah. James Brown wanted to do it. Bet on yourself. Yep. It's one of those things that I, I've learned is valuable to do. If you believe in yourself, if you're willing to work, and obviously James Brown's willing to work, and his band were willing to work, uh, it's an, it's another one of those moments. I mean, I hope it was financially 
advantageous for him. Um, oh, yeah. I, I believe it, it was. Yeah. Sounds like it was, but yes. the, the deals back then were so bad. Yeah. I just don't know the terms back then uh, were just awful for musicians, especially for the not James Browns. You know, they're just not covered. But um, I'm sure it, it did well, but it's the kind of guy that bets on himself. <laughs> so let me just make sure I'm understanding. He paid for all the recording costs, but then the label put it out. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So they, they're they, like, oh, well, I guess if you, if you already made it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then though, they said, well, this isn't going to do well. Right. Sounds like they had a, a bit of a battle. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's no new songs, you know, and that's, that's usually a thing when you're recording, you know, doing, you have an artist, you're doing a new album, you know, you got new material. This was old material. Yeah, but it's a live album. It wasn't the first live album. No, but... You could kind of see someone's hesitation to, you know, you have to convince them. This is probably a little bit early in, you know, we've we've heard a, a million live albums. Right. Th- this is 19. Uh, so this is pre-live at Budokan. 63. <laughs> okay, I'm, got it. I'm All just right. trying to there's think no of. There's no Frampton. There's no. Yeah. Of an example of like a, a live album that debuts a new song. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think that, I think. I, th- I hear what you're saying, Ben, but I think that it's, uh, it's like they're just not into live albums for that. Like the label wants fresh mm. material, yeah. and that's it's as simple as that. Yeah. And they're just like, if you put a new song on it, maybe we're into it. But yeah. he's just like, it gives no, you, it's just a live. It record. gives you that sticker on the front yeah. that says mm-hmm. featuring the new new right whatever. Also, live music was different than I mean, people weren't playing stadiums; they were you know yeah. playing clubs. Yeah, and, you know, and that's why this sounds good. Yes. Honestly, it's a big part of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, those like 300 capacity rooms, mm-hmm. it's just like there's less room for air. Um, so what? how much what, did he pay for recording? 57. 57. Mm-hmm. I would also like the conversion rate oh, on that, yeah. please. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Well, it was if it's 5 is 40, it's just over 8 times. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's 40 grand. Yeah. Yeah. No, a little more. Like forty, about forty-seven thousand dollars. Gosh, a lot of money. Yes. I mean, that's more than. I mean, like, I'm about to make a record, and I won't spend that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's like truly believing in yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 When you think of it like that, that is a lot of money. Oh, yes. I think on the short list of self-confident men, <laughs> you will you will find James Bartholomew Brown <laughs> and Tommy Wiseau. You know, it's, he's also on the list of sh- of short confident men. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh man, excellent. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James Joseph Brown. James Joseph oh, Brown. Dude. Shot in the dark. I was hoping to get it. <laughs> All right. Almost passed. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about uh, Stan Getz and. John Gilberto. All right, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye so long. But I know. I know. You're going to miss me.